0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Half-Ashed. My name is Craig Schneider. That gentleman, 1,850 miles southeast of me, is Mr. Kip Fisher, and we are coming to you live for the 139th time this Friday, February 26, 2016. I am joined by my incredibly talented and gifted co-host, Mr. Kip Fisher, who uh, apparently deserves a compliment tonight without me even thinking about it. So, Mr. Fisher, to what do I owe the pleasure this evening of your company?
1: <laughs> your medication. <laughs> I love
0: you, man. <laughs> uh, how are you? How are you?
1: I'm well, well, pretty good, I reckon. How about yourself? You still sound, let me take the cigar out of my mouth, you still sound a little croopy.
0: Yep. I'm uh I'm not 100% but I am certainly well enough along to enjoy the recording and to uh consider myself uh nearly mended. Hmm. So I will I, I will uh be quite happy with the progress. Cool. Yes, uh It's been 2 weeks since we last talked. Actually, it's it's almost been 2 weeks since we last spoke. I I think earlier this morning was the first time we've even talked to each other since last show.
1: I think you're right. We mm. must already just not even care for each other at all anymore, I
0: guess. Jiminy Christmas. What are you, my wife? <laughs> you know, uh, first
1: you step back to a different recording schedule. Now you're not even talking. All
0: right. Well, good night, everybody. Thanks for listening.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you want to give me a hard time, boy? We'll keep this show to four minutes.
1: <laughs> Does that sound like your wife too?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good one. Three and a half uh, minutes of recovery. <laughs> uh, well, I, um, I am doing uh, fairly well. I'm, I'm feeling good. I am feeling very happy, very relieved to have a cigar in my hand, uh, as those who join the show pre-recording or pre-broadcast uh, are well aware. Um, <clears throat> I uh, Yeah, I haven't talked to you much in two weeks, but um, I got to say, it's probably the longest we've gone without speaking since we started recording the show.
1: Yeah, probably. We crossed that three-year mark. You, you've got the three-year itch, I suppose, man.
0: Yeah, yeah that's true.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but I've you been, haven't been smoking cigars. I haven't no. been smoking as many.
0: Yeah, it, let's put it this way. I have not had a cigar or a pipe since our last recording, which was 2 weeks ago. Kip commented to me with 100% sincerity about 5 minutes ago. It has been a long time, forever since I've been to a cigar store. <laughs> and I said, "What's it been? 2 weeks?" Yeah, so that uh, that outlines the difference in our lives over the past couple weeks, folks. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Living in the Dominican Republic is so hard for Kip. <laughs> what are you yeah, yeah, you yeah. Mind? Man, we are like an old married couple. Get to three <laughs> years, and all I do is is give you a hard time. Yeah, that's
1: what I'm here for. Yeah, Please yeah, coming back. Why don't you tell us a little bit about tonight's cigar? Mm. Um, It is blazing fast for me. Five minutes into it, less than 10 anyway, and maybe a little over half inch into this thing.
0: Well, uh, I will uh, tell you about this cigar with pleasure, or at least as little or as much as we know, uh, depending on your perspective. Um, If you heard last week's show, you know that tonight we are doing... Yet another unbanded. Uh this is number zero two six from none other than uh I believe first time submitter, Mr. Kevin Hasselwander.
1: Um not sure if he may have he has sent me cigars before. I do not know if they were unbanded coming to think of it.
0: Mm. Well, what's the worst that happens if we say that he's a first time submitter for the second time? He gets twice the press for half the price.
1: Huh? Eh? No. <laughs> Sorry, I was muted. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I said, okay, you confused me with all that fancy math work and you do. I uh,
0: I, and I have to say that was a tongue twister, and I think my brain is about a half a second too slow. I didn't even realize that I shouldn't have been able to say those uh those things in a row without choking over it, but <laughs> I did. Yeah, Kevin is uh the very gracious. Uh, Denote, uh, don, donator, not denoter, donator of this fine cigar of the week. This <laughs> unbanded, which, uh,
1: How about donor?
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> holy crap. That works too. Donor, donor's pretty good. I uh, I think we should contact Webster's and tell them that's one they should add to the dictionary. <laughs>
1: donator? Uh, donator.
0: Donator. <laughs>
1: Sounds like the uh, dude that works at Dunkin' Donuts.
0: I was just thinking, it, it sounded like it had something to do with a pastry. No wonder why I like that word. <laughs> uh, well, this uh, lovely, skinny cigar darn near looks like a number two pencil. It's uh six and seven eighths by 36. It's a little bit skinnier, a little bit shorter than a typical uh Lancero. Um and it's uh it's very nicely put together it seems to be incredibly even not overly lumpy um with a a beautiful triple cap on this thing but the wrapper itself is quite rustic looking in terms of uh uh a lack of oily sheen and really kind of kind of uh telegraphing the veins below it without really sticking out too much they're just very easy to see um And, uh, the appearance on this is also pretty cool for me because, uh, or to me because of the fact that you're able to see, um, what looks as if almost five full winds of a wrapper leaf along the length of this cigar. That is, uh, that is quite a beautiful piece of construction. You look at a normal cigar, you can usually see the wrapper go around three times, but for me, I have four full wraps and two, uh, partials so really it's it's kind of a cool look to it
1: yeah I got four and just a smidge and not much more than four but just barely Hmm. and it when I first lit it I said it was kind of had a like an earthy mustiness to it (laughs) that quickly has gone away it's actually very nice right now it's just a little bit of spice not really anything in the way of a sweetness and the the ash I'm getting well into it now. It's going really fast. Is clinging for dear life here. It's not even. It's it's hanging tight for a cigar this small. I tend to knock them off early.
0: How's your draw? Perfect. Mine is. um, It is a tight draw, but it is a perfect amount of smoke. That makes sense. More often than not, um, when you have a tight draw or a plugged cigar, you don't get a lot of smoke out of it. Yes, uh, you I, hate might, that. I know. You, you might draw hard, but seems like uh, uh, twice the um, uh, the effort is half the production. This one does not seem to be the case. I'm putting in a little extra effort, but the production is exactly where I'd like it to be. So yeah. it's uh, it's uh, not not an issue for me.
1: Best I can tell. I mean, I, I got no complaints about the construction. All draws perfect. It it looks good. It's put together well. I got no beef with it.
0: Um, the other visual thing on this cigar that I'll note is um, uh, at least the upper half of the cigar, upper half of the wrapper leaf, looks as if it's been saturated. Um, and because it's not the entire cigar and because it seems as if it's it's uh, relatively consistent. It doesn't look like there was a big you know, water droplet that hit a segment of it. Um, I, I'm going to say that, that it almost looks as if it's um, uh, a cigar that uh, was rolled with a completely saturated wrapper leaf. Like I don't know if you've ever noticed a cigar that's been too humidified. The wrapper seems to almost telegraph the binder a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but besides that, it has a slightly splotchy appearance. That's how that's how the really? top cigar kind of looks to me. Yeah.
1: Mine is, is everything opposite of splotchy. It is about as evenly colored as is possible with a natural product. Oh, really? Nothing like that. Mine is just... I don't know. This one... It looks more splotchy on the camera. It looks beautifully evenly colored in person
0: well you know if you if you take the if you were to uh to pixelate the cigar it would be just one shade of brown you know um but when you start looking at it there are highs and lows from that in that upper portion i see darker segments and then i see lighter segments where it's raised um kind of giving me that impression that it it may have been a moistened wrapper or a cigar that was rolled with a completely saturated wrapper, um, mm. which could also explain why there's so many faces or so many wraps on the face of this. If that wrapper leaf was saturated, it can be stretched that much more, which means it becomes longer and you can get more of a roll around the, the binder leaf with that,
1: mm-hmm.
0: the bunch. So, uh, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. It's coming across as being um, a Maduro-wrapped cigar to me. You said that it's not overly sweet. I find that to be interesting. I definitely get cocoa off of this. Um, And uh, I I think that it definitely has a nice woodsy core, um, almost a little bit of that earthiness that you had mentioned early on, but not in an overpowering or pungent sort of way. Uh-uh. I, I like the cigar.
1: Earthiness has gone away, and and I'm going to say something that's going to sound completely contradictory to what I've already said. But with a, a good, solid, beefy retro hell, there's a little bit of a lingering flavor after that. I don't think I've ever put to a cigar. We have talked before about an occasional cigar that'll give you something kind of like mint.
2: Yeah, it's, it's yeah.
1: more like a wintergreen kind of thing. And I never was a smokeless tobacco kind of guy. I just didn't uh, didn't ever use that, but I remember if you smell skull, that wintergreen aroma, that's what it reminds me of, just just faintly. And it's happened a couple of times just in this first inch. Huh. I don't think I've ever come across that before. Although the cigar seems familiar, at least the the, the overall flavor so far. Can't put my finger on it, but it's not foreign.
0: Seems very Nicaraguan to me.
1: Mm-hmm. No, uh, very good,
0: Nicaraguan. Uh, it Just right off the the initial light, it didn't take a little bit of time to kind of break uh, into its stride. It Immediately upon lighting, it was uh, the cigar that it is now to me. Um, and it just initially had those same sort of Maduro Nicaraguan components to it.
1: Yeah, it, it's uh, I totally agree with the Nicaraguan comment, but it, it, if I had to try to temper the Nicaraguan thing, it's not the brash punch you in the back of the throat kind of Nicaraguan spice. It actually, don't take this, no one take this as a, an allusion to something I think it is. It's not, but if you compare a, um, one of the more potent my father blends with the original the Don Pepin blue, and the blue is more um, airy it's not as, as aggressive on the palate. It's that kind of spice, but I don't think i w- I think I would stop short of calling it the tropical or baking spice depending on whether it's you or Dale talking.
0: Can I make a guess as to what this is? Sure. I don't know the specific size because I don't really buy this cigar very often, but I'm going to guess it's not this size, but I think that this is a Padron Laundress Maduro. <laughs> That's
1: funny because I was sitting here thinking it reminded me of the... Um, I think I've held one up on the show before. These cigars that were about this, about this size, I don't know what they were exactly, that Padron used to sell locally in Miami. They did not market them nationally. They just had them there locally that people would, would buy. And it re- reminds me of that. There was a little shop in the town. I used to live in in Florida that still had some that were years and years old. They, they had not even made those in forever. And the guy had them just in his personal stash. And I got a few from him. That's what it reminded me of. Hmm.
0: Well, maybe we're onto something there. You never know.
1: We shall see. You have the reveal for this one.
0: Yes, I uh I do have the reveal. It's right here, still in sealed envelope. Just so everybody knows. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm shocked that yours is burning so quickly. I mean I'm just maybe half inch five eighths into it right now. And oh. I couldn't have lit it more than a minute or two after you.
1: Yeah, it's it's I mean I'm I'm at an inch plus now. Well, there you go. (laughs) For those of you on the audio, you will, you could never even understand or imagine what goes on in the chat room. You should join us. some. Yeah.
0: I mean, of all the ways to be made fun of, I never imagined that would be one of them. (laughs) Oh, well, ah, well, I, uh, I'm sure excited to be smoking a cigar and to be herfing with you my, with you tonight my friend and uh I guess anyone who knows us knows that uh the unbandaged are our favorite shows to produce so uh you know we guess we make fools of ourselves and we certainly have an all around great time so I fully expect that tonight um expect especially after uh my own hiatus here uh to be nothing but that uh, greatness again how's that for a a self appreciating comment, huh? Eh? So <laughs> stick around, folks. It's uh, it's bound to be a killer night.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was waiting for a commercial break in there, but we don't sell <laughs>
0: commercials, <so. laughs> that's true. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, all right, all right. Shall we bust uh, in the news here? See, Say. A-
1: Say, but of course. Hey, hey, hey what, what's going on there in the notes?
0: What is going on there in the notes? Uh,
1: I'm good. Sorry. What do we got here? Uh, just a few things tonight. Actually, a couple of short items. But um, first up on the old list of news is something we've talked about a few times. And,
0: sorry, mosquito.
1: Uh, <laughs> the, uh, comes with the I territory. Swear,
0: or, I swear, we are professional.
1: <laughs> hey, there's a reason we named this show what we did. That is true. Uh, Tampa, now that I have left the area in the country, they've decided to open up the world's biggest Davidoff Lounge, which really mighty nice of them to do. But it uh, has its grand opening tomorrow, which, uh, we, as, as I mentioned, we've talked about before, it's owned by uh, the Borshowitzes, the owners of Corona Cigar in, in uh, Orlando. And I know they've had some dry runs and they didn't have their bar completely in place, but everything's a done deal. Tomorrow's the the big day, launching the the uh, the old store. And the, I have not been back in the country since construction was even begun, actually. But uh, the pictures look amazing. It's a massive place. I want to say it's something like 5,000 square feet of retail space and then there's external space with seating and a full bar and everything. It's kind of a ginormous facility.
0: I'm, I'm not the, you know, despite the fact that I always have a glass of rum when we're doing the show, I'm not the biggest drinker. Um, Pretty much while doing the show is the only time uh, that I do drink. Um, But I have to say what seems the most appealing to me about, uh, that Davidoff, Davidoff shop is the bar. It's stunningly beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's it's nearly artwork.
1: Yeah, it, it uh, really is. For those of you that haven't looked at the pictures, you can find uh, Jeff Borshowitz. And I would say even the Corona Cigar Pages on Facebook, There's a stream of pictures been popping up from them.
0: Yeah, well, they definitely have been. There's no doubt.
1: Yeah, so a eh, little bit jealous to miss on that out on that, but I'll be coming back for a visit next July. So, what month is it?
0: Have yeah. you um have you ever had any of the shop exclusive Davidoff? I have not. I've heard they're truly excellent. Well, they ought to be. <laughs> well, I suppose that's the case. I um you know there's there's Davidoff lounges we go Mike Stewart and I. Um, Mike more often than I do. I've been rather busy recently, but we go to a, a shop uh, in the Chicago area, the Chicago suburbs, that is a, a, I believe a... I don't know if they're a Davidoff Lounge, but they're definitely a Davidoff white label account. Um, and they have got a lot of Davies that I've never seen elsewhere. Um, but I don't think they have the the Davidoff Lounge specific line. Um, and I've, I've been interested to try that. I've heard a lot of really great things.
1: Yeah. I'm going to click over here. You can see here's a picture I'm screen sharing now of the, of the outside of the facility. Shack. And one more quickly for the chat room. This is the bar. Those have it have it expanded on the screen. It's kind of a it is a it is a it is a a work, that's for sure.
0: I bet that thing's twelve feet high. It's just you know, it's not massive in width. I think there are only six, eight chairs at it, but it's really just I don't know, something about it is beautiful.
1: Yeah. It's right in the backyard of my old uh hangout here in Tampa too. I'm sure they're happy about that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I imagine any new business pisses somebody off. Yep. Well, we uh, want to send our best to the Borsa and certainly, uh, uh I think that what Davidoff is doing by bringing more of a, a premium cigar facing to the uh, American public can be nothing but a good thing. So, let's see. Uh, let's see how this does.
1: Yeah, and for those interested in. The uh, lounge exclusive from Tampa.
0: It uh, it's going to retail
1: for twenty bucks a stick. It's six by fifty-two, as Dominican binder and filler, and an Ecuador Connecticut wrapper. Hmm. It actually says Connecticut Ecuador rohisa. I'm not familiar with that term. I'm
0: not either. Where they just you're
1: just making crap up now with the names of tobacco varietals.
0: I suppose it's possible. When somebody comes to them and says, "It's not. That's not a Spanish word." They say, "Oh no, it's a it's a varietal of tobacco, or it's a it's a small farm that we found this beautiful wrapper leaf at. It's available nowhere else in the world."
1: Yeah, I mean the word just means reddish colored, but I've never heard it applied to to a leaf to a, a variety of leaf. I mean, I've heard Rosado and that kind of thing, which are similar.
0: There's a, a, a line, I think, in uh, Dead Poets Society where um, Robin Williams' character, he's if you haven't seen it, he's a professor for, a um, like, an English literature professor for uh, um, an all-boys college prep school. Um, and he kind of takes these kids who are going through a course uh, as necessary to read about the classics, um, or as required, I should say. And he expresses upon them the the desirable and the fascinating aspects of what it is that they're reading. And he, he teaches them about all facets of, of literature and language and such. And one of the things that he comments on um, has always stuck with me. Um, he just impresses upon those students that you know uh there's more to words than um communicating something you can express something you can say you don't have to just say oh that wrapper leaf is red uh, or uh, rosado you can say that wrapper leaf is rojizo and maybe it's maybe it's like a slang sexy red term you know yeah. uh, whereas, whereas i have no idea what it's intended to mean i I immediately thought of him uh once you said uh it's just a form of red or ro- uh rosado maybe it's just maybe that's all it is, maybe all it is is just a way to be able to say uh it's a reddish tinted wrapper leaf, but you're saying it in a in a more expressive way i don't know, yeah, I can only imagine what the chat room is saying about me now for Pete's sake.
1: <laughs> They're saying, "Oh, Captain, my Captain, our fearful yeah,
0: trip yeah. is done."
1: <laughs> they uh, made a little yeah. fun of you that to think someone may have not seen that movie. <laughs> hey, <sighs> oh what else we got here? Oh, we've uh, talked about a few of this year's TAA releases. I put a couple of stories up this well, last week. Uh, you can check those out on the website, but. Uh, Continuing with that theme and what seems to be a growing number of these, Crown uh, Heads is going to have another one this year, the Angel's Anvil, which is the same name as it was last year. I'm um, going to have a little different cigar than, than the 2015 Angel's Anvil, which I believe we actually still have in the pile to be a Cigar of the Week sometime coming up soon. Yes, um, we do. This year, it's going to be a five and a half by 54 box-pressed Vitola, and that's roughly a canonazo, right?
0: Mm-hmm. I believe that may actually be the first or the uh, true size of the Kanonazo, uh Vitola.
1: Yeah, ish. Um, no, no may... ish. I
0: believe that's correct.
1: Oh, okay. Well, wow. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, no, no. It's a five and a half by 52. That's the truth. Oh, uh,
1: man. Yeah, I'm crushed.
0: Wow, <laughs>
1: I'm half-assed. Okay. <laughs> it will be made, or has been made, at uh, Tabacalera La Alianza, which is Ernesto Carrillo's place here in uh, the Zona Franca in Santiago, as are many crowned head uh, cigars. Uh, he's gone... Back and forth between there and my father, and he has cigars made in different in both of those places. But um, these will be the coming out of there, and they're going to run about 10.50 a piece. Going to have a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper over Nicaraguan binder and filler. And they should be shipping in May. But if you don't have one of the 75 or 80 TAA stores throughout the country, then you will not see them on the shelf because that's the only way to get them. And they generally meet somewhere about April, and the TAA members can order at the show, and they'll be showing up in May.
0: I am not at all excited about that. No? No.
1: You know, uh, what was the other one that I always confused with Angel's Angle? One that Zedman liked so much last year. I can see the band. Oh the yeah, day. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, he just sent me one of them too. It it. it
1: it spun off La Imperiosa Afterward. Yeah,
0: I know what you're talking about. It'll come to me.
1: Yeah, neither here nor there. But uh, I liked that other one much more than I did the Angels' Anvil last year. Uh, but this one seems to be a bit of a departure. So we'll see. I might, might be able to get my hands on some from an undisclosed source in the States, but we'll know huh. sometime in June or July, I would imagine. Oh, we actually have 2014 and 2015 Angels Anvils coming up, unless I have those marked wrong. We do? I didn't even remember that. See?
0: Oh, yeah, we do, because one's a blue band and one's a red band.
1: Eh, uh, who knows? My, you know, I have a brain tumor.
0: <laughs> uh, why we even try? Why yeah. we even try?
1: <laughs> I can blame anything on that and get
0: totally away with it. I know. I need to get me one of those.
1: <laughs> yeah, you don't want one. They're bothersome. <laughs> Yeah, those are both on the on the uh, on the list. What was the freaking name of that other cigar?
0: Uh, I don't know. I can't remember either. I can Zedman. see the band.
1: Come on, Zedman, prop us up here. Tell us what that cigar is, because you talk about them all the time. But we'll go on until he catches that and tells us. Oh, the next story, a little piece of legislative news. Uh, legislative.
0: That's kind of
1: Yes, that's it, Las Calaveras. I like that cigar actually much more than the Angel's Anvil last year, but we shall see. Well, on the legislative front, this—I don't even know if you can call it legislative—and budget proposals, it's not not quite the same. But our uh, illustrious president has a, his proposal for next year's budget on the table, and uh, with it, that includes a new program called preschool for all which would be funded if it were to be put in place by an increase in tobacco taxes and was going to pretty much cover the the board and the cigarettes going from right at a dollar to almost two dollars the rate and cap mainly the cap is what we're looking at for premium cigars Uh, would go from the existing $0.40-ish mark to $0.94, which is more than double. And uh, according to uh, the reports I've seen on this, actually it came from Half Wheel, uh, they are saying pipe tobacco is looking at an increase of $2.83 per pound to $44.23 a pound, which is an incredible (laughs) increase. And... (laughs) On top of what a lot of states have done because of the row your own folks in Florida, I'm very familiar with this. Right about the time S-Chip went into place uh, on a state level, Florida realized that pipe tobacco is not really taxed the same way cigarette tobacco is. And so the people started selling loose row your own cigarette tobacco and putting a pipe tobacco label on it to get around the tax that would be incurred if they sold it as cigarette tobacco. And so rather than figure out a different way to close the loophole, they said, Hey, we'll just charge the same tax on pipe tobacco. And so it essentially doubled the price of pipe tobacco in Florida overnight and absolutely just crushed that market in the state of Florida who has no tax on cigars at a state level. But I mean that, that's a, Almost a $42 per pound increase in tax if that were to happen. Um, It appears and looks like there's not much chance this is going to just come to fruition. Uh, It's not likely to go through as is. Um, Certainly an outside chance, but it's not likely. But I put in the notes, but like everything else, it'll come back around again. It's not, it doesn't just, these things never just go away.
0: No, it's it. Basically, it just seems as if you're uh, you're propo- <clears throat> proposing something just to eventually beat your opponents down, so that way an acceptable version of what you're initially proposed will just be uh, allowed to so go away. Yes, yeah. squeaky wheel. Yeah, but unfortunately.
1: Okay, this isn't n- not a scheduled break time to talk about this cigar, but it just sharply threw some sweetness out that I've not had beforehand. Just like sweet, sweet bubble gum kind of sweetness. On them.
0: Huh? Dang, you are further along the, in that than I am.
1: Yeah. I can mean, see this probably five inches left. Hmm.
0: Well, I, uh, I am. Oh, pardon me still getting that earthy flavor. There's still a, a cocoa flavor to it, but it's not a sweet cocoa and it's not a bitter cocoa. Um, more like semi-sweet chocolate chips almost, um, mm. where it's palatable without being very tannic and drying, but uh, um, you know, you're know, you not thinking that you're necessarily eating dessert if you're somebody who likes something sweet. Um, there's just an occasional... Kind of fruity sweetness that wafts in there as well. That's completely separate from that cocoa, to me. Um, I I like that, and it's just—I wish it occurred a little bit more often. It's just a fleeting flavor when it comes in. Yeah, I definitely have not gotten that kind of uh, large-scale sweetness that you just mentioned.
1: Yeah, this uh, was—it was abrupt actually, from one puff to the next.
0: I'm at four and three-quarter inches. So maybe uh, maybe I'll be getting it soon. I don't seem like I'm that far behind you.
1: No, actually, that that's probably about what I got left. Hmm. Oh, what else we got here from Latelier, uh, who y'all should be pretty familiar with. Um, yeah, is putting out another limited edition called Latash, and um, it's going to be a five and a half by fifty robusto. So we. Bounced on both sides of that cañonazo now, <laughs> fifty-four <laughs> and fifty. Um, it's going to be kind of based off of last year's Cote d'Or, the Gold Coast, which I believe we smoked on the show actually. And we uh, did. I'd have to look up the episode, but I'm pretty sure it was not too awful long ago. And um, it's going to have Nicaraguan binder and filler as good possibly be expected from and uh, coming out of my father's, and have that uh, Sancti Spiritus wrapper, although it appears to be coming from a different priming. The
2: uh,
1: earlier creations they came up with had um, a much higher, like very high priming uh, used for the wrapper. So I don't know. I, I would imagine maybe this going to tone it down a little bit. The Cote d'Or was a little bit bold for my taste, for something I would reach for regularly. But, uh, let's see here.
0: I'm I'm uh I I'm intrigued with this for one main reason. Um, the Cote d'Or was a big cigar for me.
1: Yes, it was a very big cigar.
0: And I think that it would it would do a lot. Um, for the experience to drop an inch or two off of that. Um, and uh, so this Toro version of something similar uh, with perhaps a slightly toned down spice uh, component would be, would be intriguing to me because I liked the Cote d'Or. I found it to be unique and very enjoyable. So if, uh, if you make it a little bit more palatable and a little bit shorter so it can be an enjoyed on a, or regular basis, that that would be beneficial to me.
1: Yeah. It was 7 inches by 47 ring, and that was episode 127, L'Atelier Côte d'Or.
0: Uh, traditional uh, Churchill, and I I just don't smoke too many Churchills and double Coronas.
1: Yeah, and in, in my mind, it was even bigger than that, actually. I would have guessed it to have been a little bit bigger than that. Mm -hmm. Well, sticking with the uh, Tatawahé, My Father, Latelier family of brands, Tatawahé, Pete Johnson has announced or leaked or published or posted pictures of uh, the impending release of Skinny Monsters, which is initially going to be offered as a sampler that contains one each of the ten monster series creations from the past but you know we've seen these released in some little stubby <laughs> what they call them chubby monsters or whatever yeah and, and whatnot these will be a six by 38 petite lancero which is interesting to me and um, this was first i think published on uh, cigar chat within the past couple of weeks where they were, they actually had him on the show, and uh, we're talking about him. And like I said initially, it's going to be out in a sampler that includes one each of those those ten monster blends. Uh, but afterward, if I'm understanding them correctly, it's going to be available. You can, you know, if you have a favorite blend, one of those you like or whatever, you'll be able to buy those um, individually, and, and in boxes of the same same blend rather than a sampler. And they should ship sometime between now and the trade show in July, so not too far off. Trade show's about five months away at this point.
0: Holy hell. We're halfway to it again. Yeah. More than? Wow. Yeah. I can't believe that. Well I'd be uh I'd be interested in these. I really haven't I don't think I've had a single one of the uh the pudgy monsters or Monsters unbanded, or whatever the heck the other versions have been called.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so uh, the skinny version would be quite intriguing to me.
1: Yeah, yeah, same here. I, I can dig that.
0: Yeah, I love the uh, Legito number no. two Vitola, that short lancero. I mean, uh, it, hell, that'd be that'd be a size I'd uh, reach for on a more regular basis. I had custom cigars made and they were that exact size just because I, I love the Vitola so much. So yeah. Very, I, very cool.
1: I don't believe if I have, I, I know for a fact, I've not smoked all of the monster releases. Um, but I would be interested to see how they came across in, in that Vitola. Cause those, the monster themselves, not, not the varieties, but the, they themselves are typically big cigars. I, mean, I would be interested to see how they compare between the two.
0: Oh, yeah, they're honking monsters. No uh, yeah. no pun intended.
1: Yeah, we actually have a monster coming up. You, you sent me a couple of, I think, the face.
0: Yeah. The had, uh, right? Man, I don't know when the face was from. Maybe 11?
1: Yeah, 2011-ish, somewhere around
0: there. Third year of it, I think.
1: Something like that.
0: So that was uh, that was a fun box to get when I did. And I uh, smoked one of those maybe a year or two ago and thought it was really coming around. So I'm hoping uh, the addition additional time might do it even uh, more benefit.
1: Yeah, we shall see.
0: Yeah, we'll That's... probably get to that sometime around fall, I'd imagine.
1: Yeah, the, after that um, Hiroshi Re- Robaina... That's the other one I've been just staring at. I'm <laughs> holding them in the humidor every time I open it.
0: up. <laughs> well, you certainly have more than one.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I forget a lot, so I got to do them close together. <laughs> it's that tumor thing comes back. <laughs> what else we got here? Well, Cigar Man for Life says, "Wasn't the 2011 the Wolf Man with a Shaggy Foot?" You know what? 2011 was a long time ago when you're as old as me. So I wouldn't swear to it. 2011 or 2012, somewhere around there. Um, let's see here. I can probably tell you real quickly.
0: I think yeah. Zed's right. I think we're correct. I think it was um, Frank, and then it was Drac, and then it was uh, Face, then Wolfman, then. um yep, The Face was 2010. Face was 2010. Yeah. Oh Okay, Frank. Oh wow! Didn't... So it was eight. It started in two thousand eight. I thought it started in two
1: thousand nine. Yeah, no. eight, yep. mm. six and three eighths by fifty six. That is a fat cigar for me.
0: Yeah, it's it's not a little guy. There's no doubt about it.
1: Yeah. One of these days we're going to slap notes together further back than in thirty minutes before the show and know these things on the top of our heads. Yeah. No, we're not.
0: <laughs> well, uh, you know, well. It, it wasn't so much about uh, getting into the history of the, the monster line. It was much more about talking about the future of the monster line. So, yeah, not necessarily and, a necessity for us.
1: I've enjoyed most all the monsters I've had, actually, but I think I'm more excited about these Petite Lanceros than any of the monster releases, the originals. Certainly more than the Pudgy Monsters.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I actually don't think I even ever bothered to smoke those. Any of them.
0: I I just saw them at a shop recently, actually. I wonder...
1: Yeah, they're still around. Hmm. Actually, my local shop in Tampa was trying to blow them out for some time. I don't know if they ever got rid of all of them.
0: I'm not quite sure you can still call it your local shop.
1: I have purchased from them since moving. Oh, there you go <laughs> through a through a mule. Actually, I've had something purchased and brought to me, <laughs> nonetheless. Mm-hmm. What do we got here? Oh, just a congratulatory note to uh, Skip Martin and Michael Rosales, at Roma Craft, who uh, I happen to be fans of their product they opened a new headquarters down in Austin, their home base in Austin, Texas. Um, a new 4,000 square foot facility. It's gonna have their offices, their uh, distribution's gonna work out of there for packing and whatnot, and a lounge area. Uh, but I did put in the notes, don't get too excited to hit that lounge. It's not open to just, you know, to joke you public to, to walk in and have us eating a cigar. Um, if you're a retailer who carries the brand, I imagine you'd be able to get in there. But anyway, hey, congratulations to them. I'm sure that's something they have planned and worked for for a very long time. That's finally coming to fruition.
0: You know what? I just uh, found out when reading uh, all the press releases and comments from Skip and such on uh, Facebook. What I had absolutely no idea that Michael Rosales was uh, Adrian's. That he was Adrian's cigar before okay. he was um, Chromacraft. Chroma- um,
1: I don't guess I did either. And, I actually, uh, I've only met him once or twice over the years. I met Skip, hung out with him. Skip's been on the show, but I don't really know Michael Rosales at all.
0: Um, Skip posted up a, a picture of the press release for the original Cro-Magnons and they were called Adrian's Cro-Magnon
1: Oh, I remember that
0: Yeah, and I was I was very surprised by that, I, I had no idea
1: I actually, when, uh, when Skip very first started out and he had his own website selling his cigars before Roma Craft became what it is today I ordered some from him then but that's been, I guess, five years ago
0: now. Have a cigar. Yeah. Chief Hava or Hava Chief, Cigar. Chief Hava. I yeah. forget. Yeah. Put, uh, <clears throat> put all the information in front of my face. It'll only take me five years to figure out something so obvious.
1: <laughs> well, I think that pretty much wraps up the news. How's this cigar in the cigar treating you these days?
0: You know i gotta say it's um it's picking up in strength on the palate i don't i wouldn't quite say it's i'm getting more spice to it, but the cigar almost is is getting a little harsher, which I was not expecting
1: huh yeah mine's not doing that at all
0: i don't know maybe i'm maybe I'm smoking it too fast i uh i'm now Right at four inches. So in the last what fifteen minutes, I've smoked almost an inch.
1: Hmm. That's pretty dang fast.
0: Yeah, it's real fast for me. It's
1: like insanely fast for you.
0: I know. It's uh, an hour and fifteen minutes for six inches over, or uh, no, an hour and a half for six inches over a cigar. Yeah. Well, I suppose that's not too terribly fast, but seems it for me at least.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I think you're catching up with me. I've still got a solid four inches, maybe a little over left.
0: Well, I um, I like this cigar. It's certainly not overpowering. I just think that it's escalated in strength. Um, I don't really have any effects from nicotine now. I'm not feeling... Uh, the first effect that I typically get is I start to feel a little flushed, and I don't have that in the slightest. Um, but just the, the flavor as it's coming across is just getting a little... A little, uh, I don't know, a little heavier, perhaps.
1: Yeah, a little more palette coating. I mean, a little more of a, a lasting finish. It's kind of sticky, But I don't think I would say harsh on mine. It, the, the sweetness I talked about at our last little break for it is is never, never progressed. It never intensified. It still kind of peeks his head through every once in a while still has that woodsy core, and I think maybe I could find a little of the cocoa you talked about earlier that that I did not pick up on until very recently in the
0: cigar. Can I uh, perhaps impress upon you to take a very small retro hail, not a lot of smoke in your mouth, not a lot of smoke out of your nose, and tell me perhaps if you might even consider that to be a dusty cocoa?
1: Yeah, it does have a little bit of a, a drying feel or effect to it. I could go for that.
0: Mm. Although this, the sweetness is definitely still there for the cocoa for me. It's just, I would not classify this as a sweet cigar.
1: I I would not either. Like I said, it never really built into anything significant with the sweetness. It's just kind of there. I'm enjoying a crap right over to
0: Yeah, I am too. I, I, I I really appreciate the size. I mean, I'm such a fan of lances and, and, um, Corona specials, the, the short Lance there, like the, uh, uh, skinny monsters we just mentioned. Um, Mm -hmm. I will say that when just kind of experimenting with minimal smoke to try to get you to, to taste that dusty cocoa flavor, I do get a little bit of that kind of tingly mint sensation too. Um, not tingly in a, a menthol sort of way, but just how you start to have that perception of a minty flavor. just Just yeah. the, the, the outset of uh, the sides of my tongue.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Hmm. I didn't I can... seem to be there earlier for me. Yeah. yeah. I like it a lot.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I find myself wanting to pay attention to the cigar more than say anything
0: I find myself wanting to overpuff the cigar that may be
1: why you're progressing a little quicker than normal
0: yeah I think it is I'm not talking as much as normal I think and uh, I'm probably puffing more so maybe I should uh, maybe I should relax a bit on that and talk a bit about what I've smoked uh, this week
1: this week nothing well,
0: today <laughs> I had a cigar before Showtime I loved it.
1: <laughs> Kevin's in the chat room. He said, I haven't figured out that what he sent us was two black and milds fused together.
0: <laughs> uh, you know what? Are, if I could get a black, black and mild like this, <laughs> I'd be all over it. I was just going to say, if these <laughs> are black and milds, I'll go to the local drugstore store tomorrow.
1: Yep. <laughs>
0: ah, well, as, uh, as i said before showtime i i did light up a cigar when i was doing some prep and uh it happened to be one of my old favorites um it's uh the ashton vsg Trey mystique um now this cigar in general the vsg line in general was was that cigar in 2000 2001 2002 that I just reached for anytime I was looking for a really good cigar that I know was going to um, always please. It's kind of how I've, honestly, it's how I've discussed more recently the Padron Anniversario line. Just one of those lines you can reach for that you know is always going to be top notch. Um, But I have to say, like some of my more recent thoughts on the Anniversario, I think that the Ashton VSG has, has changed over the years. I mean that was that was fifteen, sixteen years ago that I was really heavily uh smoking the VSGs and I think the Trey Mystiques came out in two thousand two or two thousand three. They were not an original uh part of that line, but um they're they're good. They're just not the same unique bold expression that they once were. Um They're a little too run-of-the-mill. It's, I don't know, it almost feels blasphemous to say that, but um, this, that VSG was my first cigar in four weeks, other than that last cigar of the week. So I know my palate was fresh. The only thing is, oh, excuse me, now I have the hiccups. (laughs) Perhaps uh, the medication was uh, wreaking havoc with my palate. I, I don't know, but. It just seemed a little flat.
1: Yeah, I've made the same observation with that line. As big a Fuente fan as I am, that that is not not on my radar these days. To be honest, I, I picked up that Trey Mystique and uh, back before we moved, and that, I don't know. I, I I agree with your assessment. They are not what they once were. The seem to have lost a step. Like maybe they're just a little more sedated than, than I would prefer if it were me.
0: Do you think that it is a, a loss of strength or a loss of the flavors?
1: Um, I think it's more a loss of the flavor because I typically could care less about the strength. You know, I just not not something I look for or avoid in general. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. It's not not one of those things that I ever really seek out in the slightest. But um, I I don't know. It almost feels as if it's um, a cigar that you age that you shouldn't have. You know, kind of a, a cigar that was just so perfect R- right when you opened up that box and you said, oh, my goodness, if it's this good now, what's it going to be in a year or or five years, and then in a year or five years, it's okay. It's still what you you know, it thought of, but it's just not nearly the sh- shining star that it was.
1: Yeah, like maybe it's kind of peaked and going on the, the backside of the hill.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe. Now, I don't know how, how a crop does that. I'm sure they're not using the same tobacco they were using back then, literally the same vintage, but...
1: No, and, and you know, Fuente makes these things for Ashton, so there's no telling what is in it or has been tweaked or modified or done to yeah. it over the years either. They're not exactly super open with their blend details.
0: Yeah, Transparent and Fuente are only in the same sentence by saying not. <laughs>
1: But, oh, well. in general, that doesn't bother me in the least, as long as they're still good. And one of their, since we're on the topic of what we've been smoking, one on the list is a Fuente product, the 858 Sun And, you know, I, I've always enjoyed these cigars. Back in the day, they were murderously hard to come by. And when you could find them, they were usually cranked up with the pricing because they were hard for retailers to get. And then last couple of years, kind of had a little bit of the same feeling about the blend. It maybe had drifted a little bit and wasn't didn't wasn't quite as punchy as it once was. But I got some from recent times that I actually had Michael Stewart bring down for me in January, and I'm just in love with them all over again. They they have been smoking so fantastically. I'm, really digging them the, the all the things that made me love this line in the past and you can you can i don't know that i'll say match it identically but you can get very close to to what i'm talking about with the sun-grown line in general the cuban bellicoso um, the um the chateau and double chateau so with the sun-grown wrapper mm-hmm. remarkably Priced, I mean they're very good. You can get them in Tampa for under five bucks a stick for the um, Chateau Double Chateau. The Cuban Bellacosa is right at five or a little over, but they're not not crazy expensive, easy to find, readily available every day of the year. And this most recent batch of the uh, 858 Growns, which I guess was probably December, um, seems to be smoking really well for me.
0: Man, I love it when you get that sun-grown line that's just on. It can be so good. Yeah. So, mm. so good. I mean, man, oh, man. I I, uh, I think I prefer those over the Hemingways or the Don Carlos even, really.
1: Mm, I don't know that I'd go that far, but <laughs> I like them all. It's like children. and you, It's like asking somebody to pick your favorite. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got one more on the list here uh the uh Suriel, which is another one of the Dominican brands that I've talked about a little bit, but not just a not just a whole lot because I actually had not smoked this one until the past month, ish past several weeks anyway uh It's a line that is made here just outside town at the Kellner Boutique Factory, which is Hanky Junior's factory. And it has a Brazilian wrapper over a, uh, a mix of Dominican, Nicaraguan, and Peruvian tobaccos. And I understand he's actually going to release the uh, Maestuoso into the American market sometime soon uh, with a little bit of a tweak to the blend. I think he's going to have a, the addition of some Pennsylvania leaf or something like that. And... um so i I actually want to get my hands on that one just to compare the two and see how big a difference it really is and and i'm trying to catch up with this guy urio surio and uh, chat him up a little bit and ask him maybe why he's he's doing that why there's a different blend for the u.s market and for no other reason than just sheer curiosity and you know what he what his approach is and why maybe he. Wanted to put something a little different in the U.S. than he's selling outside uh, the country.
0: I just would be curious why you don't call it a different cigar. You know, I mean, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, the, the
1: uh, I've had a couple of these, maybe three of them. I guess I think I, I think I got three of them and thought I still had one, but apparently it's gone. Um, and it's been a very good cigar. I had a friend that smoked it that he, he wasn't a fan at all but I liked it it actually is uh, uh, like seems to be the case with some of these newer blends that are hitting the market here locally they they're not what you all not always what you think of as a traditional dominican cigar it's not that sedated you know i don't want to say mild but lighter flavors it, it's it's a little bolder has um uh, uh, Little bit more of a Nicaraguan twist to it. it and it does have Nicaraguan tobacco in it, but that that seems to play a little more prominent role in this cigar than much of what's on the market coming out of the Dominican Republic these days.
0: Well, I always like the expansion, so yeah,
1: variety is spots spice alive,
0: well, not just variety, but kind of pushing the envelope a little bit,
1: yeah. You can't keep doing what you're doing always.
0: No, unless you're Fuente. Well, in that case, we just talked about them not doing what they always do and changing the VSG up, so never mind.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you you know, consistency, I do admire in Fuente. We're talking about blends that may have (laughs) drifted a little bit over the years, but that's why I've been such a big fan for 20 years because I started smoking the Don Carlo's, Fell in love with the Don Carlos, and that has been a, a staple for me for over twenty years now, yeah. and I love them as much today as I ever have. Don't smoke them very often these days, but I like them mainly because you cannot buy them here for less than about double what they cost in the states. Oh, jeez! <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, uh,
0: I have to say, probably five years ago maybe it wasn't five years ago, maybe three years ago, um, I I felt that Fuente was really kind of uh, going through a a stellar um, uh, phase of their products. I had thought that they had gone a little flat in the aughts, um, and then they they just seemed like they came around. And so many of the things that I was smoking um, three, four years ago from them are, uh, they were just memorable. I mean, really memorable. Even to two years ago, when the uh, Casa Cuba first was released, mm-hmm. those were memorable, really memorable. So, I don't know. I uh, I haven't been incredibly overwhelmed by a lot of their stuff. Um, <laughs> I haven't been overwhelmed by a lot of their stuff in the last year or two. But um,
1: Except for I the mean, one you can't get.
0: Oh, well, no, that was longer than a year or two ago. That was, I bet that was that first first year of the show, right?
1: <sighs> it was, no, it was, eh, it was within, it's been within two years.
0: Hmm. I thought that was one of our first cigars, first couple months, but. That oh, well. was
1: May of 2014, episode 64.
0: Oh, wow. Wow. Dang. Okay. Oh, that offer still stands, anybody. It's uh, a Hemingway Classic. Hemingway Classic size? Yeah. Hemingway Classic size. It has the Triple X, Fuente prototype band on it, given away at uh, uh, um, it CFC, CFC 2014. C- oh, 2014. So that was a fresh cigar then.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, who knows how long it lay well,
0: around in the factory. Sorry. Fresh as in you had just gotten it. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody has any of those contact me any cigar in my human is up for trade I want more of those
1: Yeah, it, uh, it, uh, there's a picture of it if you look at the episode 64 uh, write up but it has the that triple X um, people call it the prototype band because it's what ends up on a lot of the things that are handed out at events or whatever and then it also had that original Destino El Siglo band before they changed some of the colors and whatnot. It's kind of that cream colored secondary band on it.
0: Mm, I want more. If you have them, contact me. Anybody. (laughs) Anybody. Anybody. (laughs) Yep. Well, I'm glad to hear that you uh, have had some good experiences with some old favorites and some interesting experiences with some new ones. Hmm. What uh, did you explain? What not enough meant?
1: Yeah, I just hadn't had enough time to have enough cigars.
0: Is there ever a time when you have enough cigars?
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know, I I will say when you when you go on a cigar centric trip somewhere and you're smoking six seven a day. I I. I feel like at the end of those days, I've had enough. I don't need any more.
1: And when there's no skin left inside your mouth, (laughs) yeah.
0: And you, you listerine and brush twice, (laughs) and you still have got dragon breath.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's okay. It goes. Yeah, it
0: doesn't bother me. I'm just saying.
1: No, listerine may be a little rough, but maybe all right.
0: Oh man, listerine's my friend.
1: Biotin is the way to go, man.
0: Oh, you, Nance, who can't tolerate the burn.
1: <laughs> no, I can normally, but after a day like that, when the inside of your mouth is roasted from cigars or even more so pipes, if you hadn't been careful with a pipe, then that biotin a wonder worker.
0: Rub some dirt in it, Kip.
1: <laughs> I get enough dirt in me already. <laughs>
0: Alright, how much of this Cigar of the Week you got left?
1: Mm, I've still got near three inches probably.
0: I'm at three and a half inches and uh, I am hitting it. I'd say the Cigar is hitting another uh, peak and it's getting a little bit sweeter and a little less of that aggressive uh, nature I was commenting about earlier. I, I think it's really good right now.
1: Yeah, I'm still digging it too. I'm I'm gonna say this the sweetness has peaked and is waning now um, mm. still no harshness at all it's, it's very good still has that woodsy core that we've talked about a couple of times in the past hour and a half I'm digging it I'm digging it a lot I still think it you you probably are on to something with your early possible clue with it being padronish um, mainly because of that that sweetness that did come through there was, was similar to what you're talking about with the Cocoa thing. And because when I you know was three quarters of an inch into it, I thought it was so similar to what I remembered those. They didn't even have a name as far as I know, those locally Miami marketed cigars. They were just, they had the plain little Padron band on them, but they, they never marketed them at retail. Does <clears throat> it is, very Nicaraguan to me. It's not overly aggressive with the spice, but there's some spice there. Um, Yeah, I'm on board.
0: I've got uh, a friend of mine who drinks bourbon and he just doesn't understand how I like rum. He he does not like anything sweet in his cigars or in his, his liquor. And I've... Suggested to him time and time again different padrones that I, I think he should try because I just think that they're excellent cigars, and he often says that they're too sweet. Um, but it, just thinking of thinking of those things that I that I tell him, um, his name's Tom. I, I think that I could I could give Tom this cigar, and I think it would be right up his alley. It never. The, the sweetness is never something that just smacks you across the uh, across the face you you, you you can find it if you're looking for it but it has that kind of unctuous woodsy core um, almost campfireish woodsy um, uh, it, it's it, it kind of just a little bit of that smokiness too uh, that earthy flavor really kind of rounds that out well it it, it, uh, it is a little bit in tandem with the woodsiness. Um, and I like it. There's just been kind of those hints of that almost palate-cleansing uh, mint sensation that I'm getting more in the second and final third of this thing. It's a good cigar. Um, it did taste very Nicaraguan on the front end. Now I'm not necessarily getting clear um, location-type flavors, but it. if I was to think of a, a Padron 2000, which I've smoked a lot of, and if I really dial down the the uh, cocoa and coffee kind of uh, um, sweetness to it, I could very much picture this cigar. I would say that it's – I'm pretty sure the Padron Laundress is, is a 42. It's a much larger ring than this. But if Padron made a Panatella, which I, I don't know if they do, and I'm not about to do a search on this. I don't want to cheat. Um, I would absolutely say that this is a Panatella or a Lancero release from uh, Padron. That's that's going to be my guess.
1: Well, the grand reveal is in your hand.
0: It is. Any uh, last words to to share before I open her up?
1: No, I, I think I spoke my piece.
0: Well, this envelope appears to be pretty well protected. It feels like there's uh, some cardboard in there or something preventing it from being... Uh, visible through, so I'm unfolding it now. You tried
1: everything in your power, but you couldn't
0: see through. (laughs) I could not see it. Well, I'll be damned. This is not at all what I would have thought.
1: Well, it never is. We're always way off base somewhere.
0: So this is uh, a Blanco Cigars. You may know them as Los Blancos, the number nine.
1: I have never smoked a Blanco Cigar until now.
0: It was purchased in May of 2014. And uh, it says, based on the old band style, it has more age. It has a foot band, which shows the nine, and uh, the headband, which kind of shows the family crest. It's in black and white. The wrapper is an Oscuro Nicaraguan Corojo. The binder is a Halothan, uh binder, and the filler are Triple hero Nicaraguan. Ooh, uh-huh. There you go. Never in my wildest dreams would I have thought that this was uh, a number nine or a nine. I've smoked the nine before.
1: I've never smoked this cigar, but I w- I would not hesitate to smoke it again.
0: No, I would not either. I uh, there was something funky with the nine. Like you could only get it, uh, you could only get it if you uh, were a certain customer of theirs. Like you couldn't just order it. Or something like that. I was at IPCPR when it was released. I don't remember what the story was on it. Huh? That was pretty darn good, and I uh, I've not really been a fan of the the Los Blancos in the past.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I have been or not because I've never smoked them. But I dig it, and I I really do. And I would I would pick these up should I come across them again in the future.
0: Huh? I I would absolutely smoke this again.
1: Well, cool. I I like it when it's something I've never had before, because then I don't look like as much of an idiot.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would. Uh, I, I would absolutely smoke this again, and I have smoked this cigar, and I I would not have ever tied it to that. So I I like being uh, having my eyes opened.
1: Yeah, that that's always cool.
0: Well, it definitely was Nicaraguan with the the jalapen leaf in there. It's no surprise it had some woodsy components. It never went too far towards woody to make me uh, dislike it. It didn't have that overwhelming jalapen flavor. So I appreciate that a lot. Um, Triple Maduro. Wait, did I say triple Maduro or triple Lajero for the filler? Uh,
1: Lajero. Three different Lajaro leaves. I'm on their website now looking at it. Okay. Oh, look uh, yeah. At that. There are notes of wood and cocoa. Um, it's
0: almost like we know what we're doing.
1: Almost <laughs> halfway.
0: It uh, it certainly does not come across as being an overwhelmingly strong cigar with with nicotine. I'll tell you that.
1: No, it's it's very well behaved.
0: I mean, the nicotine and the the cotinine or cotine is certainly gone from my body from uh anything that I've smoked previously so um this should be hitting me all sorts of ways and it is not at all i i'm i'm digging it
1: same here thank you to kevin that's uh that's an awesome submission actually
0: yeah it, kevin that is
1: <laughs> it's rare that after an unbanded both of us enjoyed it enough to say we would buy that cigar
0: I would totally buy this cigar it's this is uh um there's nothing about this cigar that i I found to be to wish that was different. I'll put it that way
1: yeah it I dig it that is my highest compliment. I can dig it
0: <laughs> on the scale of uh hillbilly compliments that's uh that's up there at the top right <laughs>
1: <laughs> hillbilly or hippie or <laughs> Well, are we ready to wrap this joker up?
0: I think we are. I'll wrap it up with a cigar in my mouth and a smile on my face. Excellent.
1: Well, folks, we certainly appreciate you tuning in, whether you were here live with us in the Oddball chat room tonight or through the uh, virtual interweb interstitial spaces of the World Wide Web out there. We, uh, We do really genuinely appreciate you tuning in. And if you come back next time around in a couple of weeks for episode 140, we will be smoking the Arturo Fuente Añejo 888, which is that pencil looking little skinny Joker they put out I guess a couple of years ago now, which was another CFC cigar initially, but what we're smoking will be from the regular, the, the first regular release. I believe of those. And, um, so, we'll be seeing how that goes in two weeks. And uh, in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can get us through email to Craig at com or Kip at halfashed.com. And uh, otherwise, you can find us on the forum here on the website or uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're pretty much out there all over everywhere and not too hard to get in touch with.
0: Nope, not at all. We, uh, Although, apparently, we're hard to get in touch with for each other since we didn't really speak at all since the last show. But uh, <laughs> I guarantee if you email us, we will get back to you. We've uh, Just always keep enjoyed
1: bringing that up, aren't you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> always really enjoy getting uh, notes from the listeners. And uh, if you have a suggestion for the show, don't feel as if we're too cemented into what we do to uh, listen to you. You never know. It might be uh, might be something we implement. Definitely. So, Well, we want to absolutely take this final opportunity to make sure that everybody knows, as always, without question, how much we appreciate uh, uh, you devoting time to us. And whether it's tonight on this Friday Night Live or sometime during the week when you're uh, listening on the podcast, we appreciate it. So good night, everybody. And thank you so much for listening.